Hello and welcome. This is episode 38 of Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. 38 episodes. That means it's a celebration and I'm celebrating my wife's birthday instead. And I'm broadcasting this from Traverse City, Michigan. If you don't know where that is, it's near the tip of the pinky. If you don't know what that means, you don't live in Michigan. But I, uh, I wanted to talk about being up here because it's it's such an amazing place and i'm going to get into that in a minute but i also want to say thank you uh for listening to 37 episodes because that has encouraged me to in fact do episode 38 now i will make this a shorter episode because currently i am staring at a bunch of wonderful people um in a lake on floats that are bigger than me i'm talking about a six foot by seven foot pink flamingo float amongst other swans pineapple and uh yes we have a bull riding float people you can have a lot of fun on the lake and it's 95 degrees today so that's going to be good and bad as you may know so we got a lot of stuff to talk about in a short amount of time to do it so i'm going to launch into it like a fucking spaceship that's how i'm going to segue stuff now instead of songs ready no, let's do a song. Come on, feel the noise. Girls, rock your boys. Look at wild, wild, wild. Wild, wild, wild. So you think my singing's out of time? It makes me funny. I do. All right, like I said, we are in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, it is north, and it is hip, and it is fun. Uh, lots of lakes around here, including the main lake, Lake Michigan. Um, and Traverse City is in the Bay of Leelanau. I don't know. I don't know Bay. Is Traverse City Bay? Grand Traverse Bay? You guys know. Um, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of breweries up here. I did my bachelor party up here. Uh, there's brewery tours you can kayak on. You can literally like just take the river and kayak to all the breweries which is insane to me they're constantly sold out and booked but if you can find a time to get up here uh sounds like a pretty cool thing to me and then there's just countless breweries you would drive to but they're all in like a downtown area so you can walk to them too if you don't mind like some of them are a little longer walk but i mean nothing over three quarters of a mile or maybe a mile and you can save those for last because the more you drink the less you know how long you're walking so there's a lot a lot to do with beer down here but of course if you're on a lake in a cabin and stuff you might want to bring your own beer and you might want to pace yourself so you can get something with lower alcohol content because it's typically long days that you're outside the entire day you don't want to be the person that passes out at you know 8 p.m and is done for the day so uh we had about god eight people here this weekend and their selection of beer 
is as follows. From Shorts, we had three different ones going around. Soft Parade, Shorts Locals Light, which is a great light beer substitute if you guys are looking for something that's not like Bud Light, but you don't care about spending a little extra money. And then the Cat's Pajamas, which is a, another great uh, unique beer. You should give it a shot. It's delicious. Um, two Growlers were brought up. One by Drafting Table. It was a Tropical Red Ale. And one by Oddside called The Stinger. And then we had your Pace Yourself beers. We had lots of Bud Light, Mick Ultra, and the Line and Kugel, because gross. Come on, guys. Sorry, I'm not a Shandy fan. And uh, I even say that I tried Soft Parade Shandy, and I mean, I was like, I guess this is fine, but it's so sugary. Which is funny, because if I get a beer that tastes like a fucking chocolate dessert, I almost would prefer that. But the Shandies, I don't, I'm not digging on. And that's, I'll tell you what, I don't think anyone actually is either, because Line and Kugel is. We have the most left of Line and Google. And for me, I, uh, as you may be knowing from maybe listening, uh, I'm not drinking right now for a multitude of reasons. Um, and so for now, I have a couple different IPAs that are non-alcoholic, uh, non-alcoholic German beer, and then the classic uh, Labatt non-alcoholic and Bush N.A., uh, which I like to say is Bush Narcotics Anonymous, because why not? or not applicable, or not authorized. NA stands for a lot of things. You guys ever think about that? Um, as far as Traverse City goes, though, we are going to go out to dinner. I might stop by my favorite brewery so I can get some stuff to age at home for when I am drinking again. Um, right Brain Brewing is my favorite Traverse City brewery. The brewery itself is amazing. It's this giant just warehouse, uh, very open, lots going on there, and crazy stuff. They have... Uh, the whole seating area that's just old dentist chairs which is kind of creepy and cool at the same time um, and just amazing beers and a lot of beers that you can only get at the brewery they do have pretty wide distribution right now but only of some of their bigger name beers like uh what is it night hawk or night owl or hawk owl and uh ceo stout which is one of the best stouts out there and uh, a couple more concrete dinosaur they're getting more and more out there now that i'm thinking about it but a lot of brewery exclusive stuff so if you are in traverse city make sure you stop by there and then find you know 55 other breweries to go to because they're popping up constantly and there's so many to go to it's nuts so traverse city is a great beer town um if you know grand rapids as a beer town you ain't seen nothing mother sucker and i don't know if that's true i don't know the count there grand rapids versus traverse city and breweries but there is a lot, a lot going on, and uh, if you have a girlfriend or a wife that's into wine instead of beer, uh, you can both come up here because it's huge wine country up here. Uh, we went on a wine tour for our anniversary last year or year before. So check it out, Traverse City. It's a great place to go, a great place to spend a nice little summer vacation. Something to think about. Speaking of summer... summer school's out you're hanging out with your friends the sun's shining maybe you maybe you have too much to drink one night and you're riding in the back seat of your friend's car and 
I don't know, maybe you maybe you hit a stranger on a closed road. Well, I guess the road wasn't closed. Either way, did the stranger die? Who knows? No one really knows. We think he died, so we dumped him in the water. Of course, that's the beginning of I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997, the horror movie that really uh, showed us what Jennifer Love Hewitt's acting was made out of, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer came out in 1997, October 17th, to be exact. And, you know, it's just some kids hanging out for the summer, their 4th of July uh, party where, what's her name, Sarah Michelle Gellar gets crowned as most beautiful who's it what's it in town and they get a little drunk and hit people with their car you know how it goes we've all been there i mean who hasn't hidden a body am i right <laughs> it's crazy so then a year later all of them start getting notes uh similar to i know what you did last summer um all i can think about right now is scary movie who does an amazing parody of that whole thing and she's thinking about you know the sex and the dates and their little version of the when they hit the person he's trying to force her to go down on her and the liquor bottle hits her head it's a great sequence but that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about scary movie we're talking about i know what you did last summer i know what you did last summer stars in no specific order jennifer love hewitt sarah michelle geller ryan Phillippe, freddie prince jr johnny galecki Who's that guy? And Bridget Wilson. Of course, Janet Galecki went on to do Big Bang Theory, which, sorry, I know I'm a minority here, but not a good show, in my opinion. It's a show about nerds for people who aren't nerds. It's very strange. Uh, but they do find for themselves. Good job, CBS. And uh, this was written... I found this out. I didn't know this. I guess I knew this at one point, because I used to be obsessed with the guy. But... Um, this was written by Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson wrote Scream, which came out in 96. Uh, he wrote it years earlier. And if you listen to that episode from, I don't know, eight months ago, uh, we talk about that. But he wrote Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, also didn't know this, was a novel. And I kind of want to find the novel before it was made a movie, so I can make sure they didn't like change anything in the novel. Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer by Lois Duncan was a novel that came out and they wanted to adapt it to a movie so one of the producers got Kevin Williamson to write the script and that's a little surprising because Kevin Williamson wrote Scream and everyone liked it because it was very like satire -y. it kind of made fun of itself uh, genre wise and I think they got him to see if he could make it like that but he stayed true to the book and made it very 80s slasher movie there's not a lot of like cheeky comedy lines in it like you could find in a movie like Scream uh, but I I mean I think it did well and it's one of the movies with Scream I credit those two for like really kickstarting the genre back up after it kind of died out towards the end of the 80s and we got all those B-movie horror movies in the 90s until then until like 90, 96, 95, 96 so good for you Kevin Williamson um but yeah, he adapted it, blah, blah, blah. The original book came out in 1973. I really, I really got to find it. Does someone have a copy of this? Were your parents into reading horror books? Come on. Oh, 
if you can hear that, there's a sink that's puking behind me. It's puking up dirty dishwasher water. All right, sink, puke. We'll take a little break. So as I mentioned before, the sink was vomiting. Um, the, it was originally a book by Lois Duncan, and apparently, I'm reading you know stuff on the internet, so who knows? Uh, she hated the movie and still does to this day. And she thought it wasn't a slasher, like she didn't see it as a slasher movie when she wrote the book, um, which is funny to me because I don't know how you release the rights to it if you don't know what they're going to do with it. That seems there's some creativeness there that uh, I feel like I wouldn't want a tighter grasp on my crap before I gave it up to people like that. But uh, also her daughter got, her 18-year-old daughter got murdered in 1989. So the fact that there was like a murder movie made from a book she wrote, she was not super happy about. Because I guess it was like more of a suspense novel and not like a horror novel. But I'll have to read the book to let you know if that's true or not. Who knows? I could see it more as a suspense novel. But if the main plot is the same, then, you know, murder. So, we'll find out. I'm going to go read a book, guys. I'll be right back. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, if you remember, there's a scene where Jennifer Love Hewitt is in the bottom of a fishing boat. And there's a lot of ice. All the ice inside that boat. Made from gelatin. I know what you guys are thinking. Oh. So she's warm and could move around without being freezing cold and slipping on ice no uh, it was actually a bunch of fake boob molds that she was feeling around before she found the one that was perfect for her that might be offensive to some people but uh i'm gonna stick with it just for now okay now i regret it i'm gonna back i'm gonna backtrack that i didn't say it someone just took over my microphone um so Sarah Michelle Gellar plays the kind of prom queen character, the beauty pageant winner. And Jennifer Love Hewitt's like the tortured creative type. Uh, they actually auditioned for each other's roles instead of the roles that they were cast in. And both of them, well, no, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar was still starting to hit her stardom, I believe, at that time. I have to look that up. Cruel Intentions, um, Buffy. When did Buffy start? But that would be, I think, shortly after that. Otherwise, she would have been the headlining name and not died so early in the movie. I mean, that's what I think, anyway. <laughs> um, you might also know Kevin Williamson, the writer I was talking about, uh, was the person that created and wrote Dawson's Creek, the wonderful TV show that started in 98. The beach that they go to, uh, the group, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Friends, is called Dawson's Beach fun little, you know, <laughs> um, what, you know, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. And, um, the set relocated from North Carolina to California, which is a big expense. I don't know if you guys have ever relocated a set before, but they did it. Why, Justin? Why? Well, because they needed to hit a man with a car. And they said, uh, 
There was no dangerous looking roads in North Carolina. Funny things like that are funny to me. I don't know what I was going to say. Crazy things like that, expensive things like that. Just things like that are funny. Um, if you guys, I've talked about this before, I think a little, but location scouting in movies has got to be one of the most expensive pieces of a fucking movie. Because they will send people literally all over the country and sometimes all over the world to just find this like perfect area for one scene. And so you get movies that are shot all over the place. And if you stay and watch credits on a movie, you'll see that it'll be like, oh, Virginia unit. Oh, North Carolina unit. Oh, California unit. And while they hire people locally for stuff like production assistance, which is like bottom of the barrel jobs, most of the other people on that film will get like flown out there. They will get put up in hotels and then obviously their, their normal wage. So, and sometimes per diem as well because they're traveling. So it's so expensive. And it's so funny to me when they do that for one shot and they're like, ah, oh, couldn't find a dangerous road in North Carolina. went to California. Like, yeah, I mean, couldn't you go to like, like a little north, the northeast, isn't it all rocky cliffs on the fucking Atlantic? All right, just bitching about nothing at this point. But uh, I know what you did last summer is a great summer movie. If you have friends over and you want to watch a little scary movie, uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to do. I got a little setup. Sometimes we watch movies outside. It's a great movie to do with that. It's not super bloody. I feel like I know there's like a good amount of murder. I don't, I don't recall any super gory scenes. I'm going to have to rewatch that. I own it. I should rewatch it before I've done this podcast. But what fun would that be? <laughs> That's crazy. 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 Oh, look at all this company come around tonight. Even Catherine O'Hara's come by to say hello. You really want to know? Well, I'll tell you. I will have to pour myself another little moonshine. Here we go. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, it's a short episode because I'm going to go get in the lake. I'm going to go get my butt wet on a raft. That is both literal and a euphemism. I'll let you decide what the quote-unquote raft is that I'm getting my butt wet on. Thanks for listening to episode 38. We'll see you next week for episode 39 where we'll discuss something awesome from the 90s that's right baby uh, i talk weird sometimes i want you guys to know that okay in bye to the clouds bye. And the colony of your eyes that day we made love i'm gonna call my little child amber jones that if you're going to run a successful cafe, you have to hire the prettiest waitress. Amber, turns out, has been working at the Pepper Lunch Cafe with second mother.